0: Shannon
1: and I'm Rami and this is workplace hugs where we talk about interesting things we've read to help all of us expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy without a whole new degree Uh, Shannon this week I am excited I am um, I'm feeling a lot of emotions Uh I uh, I know that not all of them are good emotions I know that some of them are pent-up emotions I think if I Um, if I keep repressing them, I probably will express them in maybe an unhealthy way. What are we talking about this week, Shannon?
0: Yeah, I want to talk about anger and rage this week.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And, uh, specifically a book called Rage Becomes Her by Soraya Shamali? Kamali? I'm not sure how to say her last name. I think this book was really powerful for me upon reading it as a woman, in the area of self empathy to be more empathetic to myself when I feel what we label as strong negative emotions, and helping me feel a little bit more like justified in potentially expressing those more outwardly than I had in the past, and finding some tactical, like tangible ways to help encourage me along in that journey. Because at the end of the day, I think women have been encouraged women especially, but potentially both genders, have been encouraged to bottle up their anger. And it ends up corroding our bodies and our minds in ways that we might not even realize. And yet, there are many reasons to be angry in our world today. Sexism, misogyny, racism. Like, there's just a lot to be angry about. So I think this book really makes a strong case that women's anger is not only justified, but actually a healthy and active part to working towards solutions. Um, And I think we could both think of some examples of when remarkable things happened because a woman got angry.
1: Uh, Lots of things. I think the best things happen when women get angry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So again, like how does it relate to empathy? I think uh, this is about self empathy this week and it's about finding conscious and intentional ways to support you, whether you're a man or a woman, but especially if you're a woman in expressing your anger so that it isn't corroding the rest of your life. And I think it could be an act of empathy to focus on how your anger might actually be advocating for what needs to change in systemic ways. So Rami, in this first part of the episode, I really want to do like a little true or false on some anger facts, because some of these really blew my mind. And I'm curious, I'm curious if they'll blow any of our listeners minds. So true or false, Rami, women report feeling anger more frequently, more intensely and for longer periods of time than men.
1: Uh, true.
0: That is true. That blew my mind a little bit. True or false. Most episodes of women's anger do not involve physical interactions, but verbal ones.
1: That one, that one has to be true.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was pretty much of a dead giveaway. But I think it's helpful to think about that because I think some of us might associate anger more with men, but we have to think about how anger manifests differently in women. It verbal, it it manifests more through verbal interactions. Uh, women are more likely to use anger and uh, angry and aggressive language. False. That is true. Women are more likely to use angry and aggressive language. Uh Uh, True or false. Women associate powerlessness with their anger, but men associate power with feeling angry.
1: I think that one is true.
0: Uh huh. It is. So I want to slow that one down a little bit and have listeners think about this. Men associate power with feeling angry, whereas women, when they feel an emotion of anger, think that that will make them powerless. So it's yeah. no wonder why we potentially as women repress our anger more often than men might.
1: That makes sense.
0: True or false, women often feel anger in their bodies.
1: Uh, 100% true.
0: Yeah. One hundred percent true.
1: true. Mm -hmm. You can like tell when a woman is like super angry, like the body's like shaking, and they just like want it, like it's like little hulks.
0: Yeah, and because we can be little hulks that often repress again because we're afraid anger expressing anger will make us feel powerless. Unprocessed anger actually threads itself through to our appearances, so body, eating habits, relationships. It fuels low self esteem. It fuels anxiety. It fuels depression. It fuels self harm an actual physical illness so those all sound like a lot of great things that i don't want in my life
1: (laughs) yep yep. (laughs)
0: which is again why we're doubling down on why it's so important for women and frankly i think anybody to find healthful ways to express your anger uh last one true or false angry people are more optimistic
1: angry people are more optimistic Uh uh-huh uh false
0: that is actually true. What? And yeah. Angry people are more optimistic uh, because they feel that change is possible and that they can influence outcomes. It goes back to that one that we talked a little bit about power, power oh. and that we associate anger with some, some power to uh, change things. And sad and fearful people actually tend more towards pessimism, you know, people who aren't putting their anger into action
1: got it. So it's like I'm angry because I know we can do better. So let's do better. Exactly. I like that.
0: So, it. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> in this next part of the conversation, I'm I'm wanting to just more have some dialogue. Or I'm like, "What what is the reputation of anger?" Uh, Rami, I'm curious like what what are your associations with anger or angry people regardless of gender?
1: I always think about sports because I haven't been in a lot of environments, work environments at least, when like lots of people express anger. Mm -hmm. I know there's different types of like work styles where like just being angry and yelling is like a thing, but I haven't, I haven't experienced a lot of that. For me, it comes to sports and I think it's just the only way for in a, in a communal setting, it's the only way for like drunk people to express themselves. (laughs) Is, like, to cheer and boo really loud. And so I see a lot of quick emotions happen that way. Mm-hmm. Which mostly is either anger or complete his ecstatic happiness.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But they're both, like, very unfiltered in that situation. Like, if they're angry, you're going to see them go from nothing to angry in a heartbeat. Yeah. And the inverse. Which I think is really fascinating because... I don't think any other situation allows you to manifest those two sides of the spectrum as quickly as a sporting event does.
0: Mm -hmm. And so when you think about anger in the context of sports, like what, what label do you put on it?
1: I don't know. It seems healthy.
0: Okay, great. It's healthy. Yeah. We don't label it as like good, bad. Uh, Now, I know you said you don't really think about anger. You you haven't really experienced explosive anger or or maybe just anger at a milder level in the workplace. But if you had to imagine it, if you'd imagine somebody getting really angry in your workplace, what do you associate that with?
1: I think, so it's, I won't say that I've never experienced it. I think when I have, it depends where it's coming, where it's coming to. I think when it's pushed, pushed internally, that always gets a bad rap. I think when it's pushed externally, I think that always gets a good rap because I think when people are like, oh, our partners suck, like we're all pissed about this, then everybody's like, yeah, we're all angry about the same thing. And it's not us. It's them like they suck. But when I think it's like, I'm angry because we could be doing better and it's our fault then everybody. Then I think that that's what gets a bad rap, because I think people don't want to take that on.
0: That's a fascinating distinction to make. And I think you're spot. I think you're spot on and that you're onto something there of just like, yeah, when we. When you're a part of an organization and you express anger inward towards the organization, it's like, uh, what is, what's like the political, like you're a turncoat or something? Yeah. Like, they just don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's shut down a little bit. But when you express anger towards an external problem as a part of an organization, then it's like a little bit more okay. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, because.
1: Well, because I think because when it's externally, it's like, yeah, we're all mad about this thing. Like, let's express our anger and then let's go do something about it. Mm -hmm. It's like a way to, like, get people fired up. But I think when it's internal, then people don't know how to process it because they're just like, why are you yelling at us?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what about when we think about, like, broader context? Like, when you see – what do you think the the associations are with anger? I mean – Can we go there? Like when when you see associations in the media with anger around like things like Black Lives Matter, what's the reputation of anger?
1: I think when you see anger manifested on a screen or in a image, I think the association you have with it with that cause or what people are getting frustrated about probably explains how you feel about what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Cause I think you either sympathize and empathize mm-hmm. or you get really upset that people are expressing themselves that way.
0: Well, and might that be indicative of your own comfortability with the emotion of anger? I mean, maybe, you know, so like if you're seeing something on the screen and like, maybe like, I mean, yeah, well, maybe we don't have to make it about Black Lives Matter. But like, if I think about things like Black Lives Matter, there were people in, in my family of origin, I think I've talked about this before, I'm pretty transparent, like, my family has different views on different things. Uh, and some were very uncomfortable at the anger levels that were getting expressed. I was very much okay with the level.
1: But that's what I mean, like, because I think, so would, I don't want to stereotype here, but would the same family members who are uncomfortable with black lives matter be comfortable with the storming of the Capitol?
0: Um, that's a good point. So maybe it's indicative of like, like you said, where you stand on issues, but then I think it is also indicative potentially of like, what are your personal views on anger? And maybe like, maybe that's something to just pay attention to and notice. Like when people get angry, what comes up for you in that? Like in my family of origin, anger was for sure something that we needed to repress. Like that is just not an appropriate emotion. Anger had a very bad reputation. Like it's just not something that we do. It meant that you were crazy. It meant that you were like too emotional and you needed to go like take a time out and chill out. Because it just wasn't something that you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I, th- yeah. What what about you and your family of origin? What What are your associations with the reputation of anger in that sense?
1: I don't know. Because I don't remember much of my childhood. I have a lot of missing memories. I think a lot of it is probably similar to yours, right? Like, I don't think anybody wants anyone getting really angry. Uh-huh. And I think it goes back to that example we were talking about the workplace. If it's getting angry internally at ourselves Uh or, like, frustrated about a situation that uh, the parents are making us eat. I don't know. I like spinach, but something (laughs) not like spinach. Uh I think that's where it's like, well, no, we're not going to deal with this. Like, you need to go to your room and take a time out and chill out. I think if it was... Because I think of like watching sports as a kid, and if I'm like yelling at the TV, nobody's like, "Hey, Rami, chill out! Like, go to your room! Like, you're being too angry."
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and then if we take it to present day, what are th- what's the reputation that you want anger to have with your son?
1: I think, I think expressing emotions is a healthy thing. So I mm-hmm. think if he gets really frustrated, and he does, right. I'll just like sit him down, I'll say, okay, like that's fine. Like we gotta let out our emotions because it's yeah. healthy. And but you just have to like use your words to communicate like why you're getting so upset.
0: Yeah. And if yeah. you can
1: communicate that, then we can work on making you less upset. Yeah. But like I think the big thing is like being able to to express, right, with with loud screamy noises and then using words to like articulate exactly what it is, or at least try to figure out so that you can kind of fix that solution. Because little kids aren't that difficult if you can get them to tell you <laughs> what's going on, because usually it's like very specific things that are bothering them.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. And if I'm to be vulnerable in this conversation, I think this book made me change, like, or want to change how I was raising my daughter to make sure that we were not suppressing negative emotions where we shouldn't be. Um, And the book talks about this a little bit of like that anger has a bad reputation, I think just more broadly in our society, but that it's actually one of the most helpful and forward thinking of all of our emotions. Um, I think she says something in the book of like that it's, it's a rational and emotional response and is actually the first warning of violation, threat or insult. So how do we take it as that versus something more toxic than just that on the freeze level.
1: Well, and I think back to the true false question you asked about angry people being more optimistic. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think when anger does manifest itself, it's because we're so frustrated with the situation, and we know it can be better.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah, and she shuts t- on that in the book too, of like that anger can often be the bridge and the divide between what is and what ought to be. And I think we see that in terms of anger oh. as it relates to social justice movements, mm-hmm. where anger is the catalyst that is attempting to be the first, like, block in the bridge, or I don't know what, what you use to build bridges, <laughs> between what is and what ought to be. And so living into that and letting your anger be expressed and be seen as that, potentially.
1: You're bringing a really interesting point because it feels like when I think of the most impactful movements, it comes from someone being super upset about a situation and like doing using that that anger to change.
0: Yes, absolutely. So then in this next part of the conversation, I'm curious for us to take a a closer look just briefly on our gendered identities about anger, because that was the point of this book was just looking about. What are our views about anger in men versus anger in women? Rami, what are your associations with anger in men versus anger in women?
1: I think, again, I think it's different if it's in the workplace or outside the workplace. But I think in both situations for men, anger is probably like a normal thing. Like, oh, he's just really fired up. Like, whatever. Letting off some testosterone. That's a dude thing. Yes. But I think when it comes to women, we don't see it, I don't feel like as frequently. And so when it does happen, it's like, oh, what, did, would what caused the Hulk to come out? Like, is this, is this a hundred micro angers that are now one mega anger? Yeah. And so it feels, at least in my experience, when it does happen, like it's, you have to take it much more seriously because it's not like a a raw, unfiltered emotion of that moment. It's like a buildup of multiple moments.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if I think about even just like the families in our neighborhood and, and little boys versus little girls, and I'm guilty of playing into this too. But when a little girl expresses anger, we're more encouraging them to fear their own anger or to hide their own anger or to transform it in some way. Whereas a little boy, I'm thinking of, honestly, like a recent time where a little boy was really frustrated. He's encouraged to like, go run it off or go, you know, mm-hmm. like expend that energy that's there. So just being mindful of that and how that's showing up in the workplace or thinking about listening to my husband on his conference calls right now, as we're all home in the pandemic and how, uh, passionate he gets sometimes and if i would have expressed that same level of passion or anger or when i did frankly in corporate it there i can remember one time being said like you need to go take a mental health day like you're you're fired up right now like chill out and it wasn't even like i was burnt out or anything like that it was just me having a very strong feeling on something that we should or shouldn't be doing so your
1: optimism was coming through
0: my optimism in our ability to change the status quo of highlighting and sending pog graphics to the stores at target corporations <laughs> was showing. Um, okay. So, so we've talked a little bit about some facts about anger, the reputation of anger, digging into what our gendered ideas might be about anger. And my whole goal in all of this for our listeners is really for us to frankly, get comfortable with it and and do some self-reflection on what our views might be so that then we can begin to shift and change it. Because clearly this book is saying anger is actually quite healthy and creates some really powerful outcomes when we let it get expressed. So I want to spend a little bit more time in the tactical part on here of like, okay, well, what can we do about this? Like, what, what should we be doing with this topic of anger and expression here? And the first suggestion in the book is to develop self-awareness around anger because the more you know about anger the less you will be subject to it as a negative force in your life and the more you can use it and harness it for that optimistic positive change so a couple of questions that they talk about in the book that maybe you want to get clear on within for yourself are you and Rami let's do these with you just for fun if you're up for it are in, you
1: what's the context here, Shannon?
0: So um let's just let it be a whole life. So like in general when it comes to anger, are you expressive or a ruminator?
1: Uh I'm a ruminator.
0: Uh-huh. I I am too, that might surprise people. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. I can ruminate on it. I would say maybe in my marriage I'm more I feel more safe being expressive.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh Rami, do you simmer or explode?
1: Oh, for sure simmer.
0: Yeah, I'm a simmer and then I explode. Like when you said earlier in the episode, like is this a uh, many mini angers that have now become a major anger? I was like, oh yeah, crap, that's <laughs> me. That's totally <laughs> me sometimes. Uh do you cry or calmly assert yourself when you get angry?
1: Uh I definitely don't cry. So calmly assert myself.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. I think this can vary for me in an environment I'm working towards being more calmly assertive. Uh, I want to work I on think, being more crying. And honestly, I was gonna touch on that like Nate and I, my husband Nate and I have had conversations uh, related to this book of like how how just how we gender certain emotions period, you know uh-huh. and how we need to ungender emotions like crying or feeling or um, nurturing in men. Like that's a very gendered emotion. On the flip side of like, oh, well, that's not appropriate. Like you got to be like a manly man. And That's just such crap. The
1: uh-huh. same way
0: that maybe anger or rage has been a become a gendered emotion that's like less appropriate for women to express. So how yep. do we just like ungender things a little bit? Uh, okay, are you? Do you divert your anger?
1: I don't. Uh, you don't understand. Or would I divert it to? Like punching things.
0: Uh, punching things, or maybe like you misplace your anger, like for example, Nate has a bad day at work, and then like he ends up yelling at our kid, kind of a thing
1: oh, I think yeah, does how does is anyone gonna say no to that? I think we all do that, <laughs>
0: but maybe it maybe a better question than the one posed in the book is like where or how do you divert your anger so you can be mindful of that of like where you might be misplacing it. So maybe you've got a lot of unsp- unexpressed anger in your workplace and then you take it home at night. How can yep. you begin to express more of what, what you're angry about in the workplace? Yeah. Um, and then they have other questions that we don't have to talk about here because these are longer form, but do you admit to yourself that you are mad about something or someone close to you, me or, or close to you, or are you hesitant to even admit that you're angry? Another one for reflection is what are you scared of to say even to yourself? Do you Ooh. tend to get, like, right? Because that can be addictive of where anger might be hiding. Do you tend to get angry quickly? Or are you slow to anger? And simply, again, with all these questions, how do we hold the awareness that you do indeed have strong negative emotions <laughs> and stop uh-huh. pretending that we don't? So that's tip number one is develop self-awareness. Again, rewind the episode if you need to and and think and reflect on those questions. We'll probably have a graphic on Instagram about those too. Uh, tip two here on what you can do about your anger or anger in general, is commit to getting more comfortable with and even encouraging anger, whether it's men or women, but particularly women's anger, knowing that that tends to be more gendered emotion. So taking the time to ask an angry person, what is making you so angry? And what can we do about it? Instead of being dismissive to anger, which is often what happens in, let's just say it like workplace environments.
1: This one's interesting because asking the question usually has to come with, like, trying to get someone to calm down.
0: I disagree.
1: So let's just let's role play here. Right. Like we're in a work environment. You have a employee of yours who just lost it. Yeah. Just lost it. Yeah. And you're like, hey, we need to go chat about this. Yep. Let's go to a breakout room. Let's go talk. Yep. So then you go there and you're like, hey, w- I, guess, I guess you can go right into like, what is making you so angry? How can I help you? What can we do about this?
0: I think this is also where the power of the paraphrase can come in. So, and there's a couple of things just from a coaching lens that I would change about this author's questions. Maybe it shouldn't be what is making you so angry? Like, that's that's a judgment. That's an underlying judgment. And it might instead be, uh, here's what I'm observing. I'm seeing that you're getting really – I'm seeing that you're talking faster. I'm seeing that you're raising your voice. I'm seeing, like, those factual things that you can point to. Yep. And I'm wondering how you're feeling so that they can name the emotion versus you naming it for them. Oh, I'm feeling angry. Okay, what's making you angry? And then starting the conversation there versus just going into, like, the judgment or the label. That's a little bit more of like my coachy brain background coming in. No, I like that. Uh, And then the third tip is to distinguish what the book talks about as the three A's. So I want to spend a little bit more time here. So the three A's are anger, assertiveness, and aggression. And oftentimes these get frequently and unhelpfully lumped together as like they're all bad when really they're not. So anger is an emotion generated by feeling passionate about a particular topic, idea, or commitment. Assertiveness is the act of stating your position with confidence. So that's when you're communicating directly, clearly, and honestly. And that's often perceived as an effective response to everyday stressors. Aggression is more direct confrontational behavior, less civil, but in many cases, you can still be respectful with that. So the point that the author makes in the book is that you can be assertive and aggressive without being angry. And conversely, you can be angry (laughs) without ever being assertive or aggressive. I feel like
1: that last part is really easy to understand. And I think the first part is harder to acknowledge, because I think it makes sense, right? You can be angry without being assertive or aggressive, uh for sure. (laughs) But you can also be assertive and aggressive without being angry at all. And I think that That is an interesting um, key point there.
0: Yes, yes. So being mindful of like, how can you uh, distinguish between those? And that doesn't mean that like your anger, let's still not label anger as bad. But how do you leverage your anger to then turn it into assertive and aggressive communication on what you want to be different to begin building that optimistic path towards what the future possibilities could be? And then the last tip is more of just like a general one, but just like, how can you commit to being more brave, brave enough to stop people pleasing, brave enough to be disliked, brave enough to potentially rub people the wrong way by being a little bit more brazen in your communication. Uh, And that demanding fairness and describing a problem does not make you a victim. So let's not subscribe to the mindset that is currently prevalent in many women that anger means powerlessness. No, doesn't have to. Anger can mean that you're simply describing a problem and demanding fairness.
1: I think, too, I'm, I'm going to keep harping on it. But, like, if you're angry, you're optimistic, right? Yeah. <laughs> More than likely. And so, like, you know you know that things can be better. Yes. And the reason you're getting so frustrated is because you know, like, deep inside of you that the current situation is not the only situation and that there's a way to fix that. Yes. And I think... Acknowledging that and being brave to that is is a huge thing.
0: Yes, yes, I agree. All right. Uh, so, recapping those tips really quickly for you again: What can you do about it? One: Develop self awareness around your anger. Two: Commit to getting comfortable with and even encouraging anger in your relationships, particularly your relationships with women. Three distinguish between the three A's So what is you just being angry versus what is you turning that anger into assertive and aggressive communication and last one of being brave because you're freaking optimistic if you're angry <laughs> and and flipping that meaning in your head to say oh my anger is just a sign of my optimism mm-hmm With that, we would love for you to tell us what you think on this episode join in the conversation on Instagram. At Workplace Hugs. I've been Shannon. I've been Rami. And this was a Workplace Hug.